Fairfax News Talk Radio 1100. It's Chatterbox, where you'll find the latest news, interviews, and updates about the gaming world. The views and opinions expressed are those of the host, the guests, and callers only, and not necessarily those of KFNX News Talk Radio 1100. And now, here's your host for Chatterbox. Right here we are, the Chatterbox Video Game Radio Show. I'm Alon. And my name's Ara. And so, we talk about games. I come into the, the radio station and I'm like, you know what? I just, I don't have, there's nothing going on in my life relating to video games right now. And you got so lucky when you found me because I have tons you of You have a stack about. of things in front of you to talk about. Meanwhile, me, I'm like, well, I told you last week I had to look at the 3DS once. Yeah. I think um, Tom, Tom Petty said that once. Yeah, like... What do we have coming up? We've got Portal 2 that I'm excited to play but haven't yet. Uh, Crap. Somehow, I'm still interested in playing Mortal Kombat. Like, I played it Crap. some time ago, but, like, I still want to play it. <laughs> the final version. Do you want to name some other games that are coming out? Right? Like, there's... Just it, name some. But E3 is around the corner. Crap. There's supposed to be big things, like, oh, the Wii is going down in price. Who cares? Crap. Um, anyway. Do you notice a trend going on here? Yeah, right. With my sentiments? Yeah, there's there's nothing going on in my life right now relating relating to games. I wonder how many people have suddenly entered a state of rage because they just said Portal 2 was crap. Oh, I wasn't even paying attention. Yeah, Portal well, 2 I know, crap. I know, I know you don't. But there's a number, another uh, humble bundle. Yeah. of games. Hold on, if you're angry, if you're angry right now because of what I just said, you can call us at eight six six five three six eleven hundred. But you should be listening live if you're going to call. If you're live. If you're angry and you're not listening live, you should write us a letter. Yeah. And you can you can, uh, you can can email us from chatterboxgameshow.com. All right, so... Totally of, awesome. Of the stack of things, before yeah. we get there, tell me what you've been doing. Hold on. Let me, let me you, brush you these icicles off of my fingertips. Yeah. You have been doing something lately that's taking a lot of your time and, and focus. Oh, yeah. My little uh, chassis project. Yes. Right. So I don't even remember. Have you even mentioned this my at all? Chassis, my chassis. My chassis. My chassis and me. I call it my chassis. I call it my cockpit. I call them interchangeably. I don't know why I call it a cockpit. It's not enclosed. You're right. Does a cockpit need to be enclosed? I, I mean, that's my expectation. I haven't looked up the meaning. My imagination closes it. I, when, when I hear the word pit or cock, Fair enough. I think enclosure. Fair enough. <laughs> so anyway, right? So... Gran Turismo 5, I've been playing this for, you know, since it came out, right? What is it? Has it been yeah. out a year yet? No, no. It was like November, dude. Okay. Feels like a year. Yeah. A lot of things feel like a year, but that is because my office apparently travels at a speed approaching that of light. So, okay. that, But that's something completely different. So anyway, right? So I bought this badass steering wheel, as you know, right? The TRS 500. Yeah. RS T500 RS. Right. Okay. Of which there's no like, there's no T500 without the RS. That's correct. And there's no 500 RS without the T. They just decided that adding letters will make it seem more worthwhile when you spend an ludicrous amount like of money. Right shift. I, racing. Okay. I don't know. RS. It's just one of those things, right? So okay. anyway, very expensive product, right? Um. So. As soon as I get it, right, I'm like, I immediately understand that this needs a proper setup in order to get full satisfaction out so of it. So here's what's funny. It goes through the head of someone playing this game. Grand Turismo 5, oh, they have a steering wheel. You know what? I'm going to go 
I'm going all out. I am getting that expensive steering wheel. Yeah. And I being a hypothetical person. Cost twice right? as much as your console. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Right? You're paying well, unless you yeah. bought it on day one. Well, okay. <laughs> and then maybe it's not then so it's bad. the same amount. So uh you're like I'm gonna go all out and buy the steering wheel. And then you get the steering wheel, you're like, no, I'm gonna go all out and make this like a car. Yeah. Because it's not enough just yeah. having the steering it's, wheel. It's it's not. Itself. It's not because it's it's just not. It's no good, right? So yeah. and I can attest to this by the way, even someone who's not a big like driving game player like the 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 pedals will move a little bit when you press them and the chair you're in is yeah that it's, comfortable it's no good you need chair. you need a proper sitting position you need all the dimensions and geometry to be correct and it's yeah. and then it will be nice right so i was like okay well let's see if they sell any um you know cockpits or chassis or whatever um and i find out they do and i do like a little research right and i realize actually there's lots and lots of manufacturers who are making like lots and lots of these things, like all these little boutique manufacturers, and most of them, incidentally, are not in this country, right? So basically, I found out that you can you can spend actually um, any any amount of money you want on something like this. This is it's almost like watches, but not as much, right? Yeah. Well, like, like choose how much you'd like to spend. You can spend that much. You're, right? you're simulating a car, and car enthusiasts. Car sure. Enthusiasts. Sure. Are willing to pay lots of money because cars are expensive, right? especially rich so, ones, right? So yeah. you you could theoretically, if you had the money, you could buy a fifty thousand dollars simulator. You're 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 entering an extremely expensive arena, potentially. Right. right. Now the low end of this stuff, right, is around let's say like three hundred bucks, right? Yeah, very low. To get to get like a chassis, right? And this stuff is like bad. Like this is the thing that I found out that was really interesting is that when you Look at the price range. Anything under, let's say, around a thousand or twelve hundred, is just horrendously designed, right? It's made for like a ten-year-old, right? It's not made for a ten-year-old, but it might as well wait. I mean, I'm sure that's not what they were thinking, but it may as well be, right? I, I want to step back a second too, and for those who don't understand what we mean when we say chassis, like you get a steering it's, wheel. Yeah. This is basically a place for you to sit to hold both a seat, which is not an uncomfortable kitchen chair. That's right. As well as the actual steering wheel in the proper position yeah, and right? pedals an angle and yeah. pedals you get three pieces the pedals the seat and the steering wheel and potentially the shifter if you get the shifter add-on which if you want they that. even sell the shifter add-on not for this pretend? product yet not okay. yet they just say they're going to and then they never yeah will. yeah but i don't care about that okay but so it's just it's a a piece of furniture to hold these pieces in place where you want them to be and be very structurally sound so they don't like shake or slip right. or ideally move, right whatever. but here's the thing i found out right like if you go below like this some mysterious magical thousand dollar threshold right all of the products are like total garbage in my opinion right so for example almost everything that is of that price it's either incredibly wobbly which is crap right or they've got like and and this is this is the most in, inane design I don't know why they do this. Instead of having like two supports, like an A-frame to put your wheel onto, they have one support in the middle, right? And when they put one support in the middle, where's that got to go? In between your legs. Yeah. Yeah. Like I have enough mass in between my legs. I don't need more, right? Put so no good. Where's the hi-hat? That's no good. Okay. Completely unacceptable. So anyway, the long and the short of it is that after a little bit of excessive searching, I realized... <laughs> Yeah. Everything is crap. <laughs> Everything is just crap. Got great timing in the studio. I have no choice. That's that's why they pay us the big bucks. Because <laughs> yeah. we do such great radio. Right? Everything is crap. So I'm like, my only choice is to just do it myself. 
Everyone else in the world is an idiot, and I have to do this myself. Yeah, well, here's the thing. When you're manufacturing for others, you have to make it... You have to make compromises. Exactly. For because sure. Because it's either adjustable to meet many people's sizes and needs. That's right. Or whatever. You're designing this specifically with a seat that you bought that you knew you'd be using, right? Right. You designed it to match a specific car style, the car that you drive, um, to match your size and where you want it to be. So yours isn't adjustable at all, right? No. It's for me, and if it you don't fit in it too bad. Yeah, pretty Basically. much. Yes. And, yeah, I'm not going to fit very well in it. Yeah, so okay. you might actually get lucky because um, – so anyway, so what I did was I got I got a car seat that's very close to the dimensions of my actual car seat. I measured all the insides of my car, so I actually have my exact geometry of all the requisite pieces inside my car, right? And so we started – this was like I started this – I mean, I started planning this in like January, right? So It's been a while. We're in the process of building. You're yeah. almost done. We're almost like. done, actually. Yes, and it's very. I'm very excited. And it's it's because you boiled this down to exactly what you wanted. You yes. wanted. And I got to buy a piece of wood that's purple, which oh, is really kick ass. Okay, that was kind of cool. So you uh, you boiled it down to you want it to be uh, structural, structurally sound, like that's very, right. very solid, rigid, super stable, fits me and nobody else. Exactly. So you want it to be very solid and. Um, in the in the correct position, meaning the angles and things of the steering wheel and all that. Right. Because the steering wheel is not very adjustable, actually. Like no, in, it's in not. In a car, you can adjust your steering wheel and stuff. Well, right, but you usually just do it once and then you leave it there. Exactly. You're not constantly. Um, but it's just funny that like even even a real car that you're trying to simulate right. is adjustable in many ways, right? Obviously, you put it in the position you want. Um, so you had to this just these two factors to be not wobbly and to be in the position you want. Yep. Uh, so you're not going for like pretty looks you're not going for expensive materials except for the cool piece no. of wood you got i am top. going for awesome looks and you'll see what i mean when when we're done maybe yeah. we should post up a link on on the site can we do that yeah you can do that right that's fine yeah Email so me a link to whatever yeah so maybe our listeners can check it out we can do that yeah not a problem um anyway it is it is coming along very nicely it's almost finished i've seen the photos uh you know what you know what else i love close. about this you know what is just i i have a newfound appreciation for Drills? And, no, not drills. Um, I mean, that crazy website that you showed me where you can get all manner of raw materials, that's one thing. But We should tell McMaster Car. Yeah. If you want to get a bolt or a nut or a piece of rubber that you put in your garage or some crazy vacuum Any, anything, part. Anything. Do you, want, do you want a sphere of arbitrary size in your favorite material? <laughs> yeah. They have it. I have, I have built... I have prototyped things with materials I've gotten from this guy. They will just send you a sheet of plastic in whatever thickness you want. Yeah. So it's crazy. So McMaster Car, you can figure out the website from that. I think it's just McMaster.com. Yeah, McMaster.com. Yeah. So I'm 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 a big fan of them. But what I was going to say was that I was I was just been so enthused about being able to just work on a project leisurely. Because most oh, of my life. Deadline. Yes, because most of my life is not leisurely. So this is really, really nice because I'm like, oh, I did a little bit of work on it today. When is it due? Whenever I want. Yeah, ironically, it's the project that you want finished as soon as possible, I suppose. Well, in a way I do, but also, I mean, since it's taken four months, I could it, just work on it arbitrarily. Now, in that long. time, have you been playing Gran Turismo 5 at all? No, a little bit, a little bit with the, with the table and the dining chair. Which what I would be upset lame. about is that right now this is basically only working for that game. Like I don't know if your yeah. steering wheel works for other games. No, it works on PC. Does if, it? If I want, yeah. Yeah, but then it's, it's on PC now. Uh, yeah. Do you think there's any other games it might actually work with? 
Yeah, there's like there's I mean like it works with all the top simulators. I mean if I wanted to play iRacing or, or R Factor. What about like Forza Four? No. No. I don't really care. Alright. There's really I mean once you have the best, you don't care. Yeah, or anything Gran Turismo five is gonna be the best for forever? You know what? It feels the best right now. One thing that Gran Turismo has done a good job of, because you're getting the official Gran Turismo wheel, they tend to have support for the previous official wheels. Because they had an official wheel for, right. you know, number three and I think number four, maybe. Right. But this uh, is a new product, right? So, I mean, there may they may say, like, oh, it, they might have support for other consoles later. Who knows? It would be nice. Maybe yes, maybe no. Does it, does it have, uh, do any of the buttons have, like, the PlayStation logo on it or anything like that? Yeah, they do. Yeah, they totally and do. And it's probably never. Yeah, probably. You're Xbox. right. You're right, actually. It's actually the official product, so that would not go over well with anyone. Yeah. yeah. But on PC, I can understand, because you can just write a driver for it. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to break. We'll be right back in a minute. If you want to call us, 866-536-1100. And we are back. You're listening to Chatterbox, video game radio, the Meat Locker Edition. Meat Locker Edition? Yeah. Uh, this Meat Locker Edition is sponsored by the University of Advancing Technology. UAT.edu is their website. Uh, I even went there myself. And you could go, too, if you uh, learn about the programs and you want to want to attend. Go to university. Um, one thing that R just reminded me of during the break is that we're going to Warrior Dash in three weeks. Yeah. yeah. Is it three weeks? I think it's three, three it's weeks. Less, it's got to be less than three weeks. Oh, yeah. What is it? Like May the 1st. 12th today or something? Yeah. 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 Two and Time's a half flying. Weeks. Yeah. Do you, do you know what the Warrior Dash is? Do you, do you know? He doesn't know what it is. Doesn't he must not be a warrior. Okay. So, Our engineer's not a warrior. So there's this weekend, and it bothers me a little bit that I'm, I'm sure it's a, a profiting venture. But some company rolls around and creates mm, these. Let's see, charge sixty bucks to make somebody uh, run through mud. Run through mud. Yeah, they might be making a little, uh, yeah. little crazy margin on so that. So basically, they just they find some route that you're going to take and you run through the city. Yeah, it's like three and a half miles. Yeah, three and a half miles in our case, or three point four. Um, and like they they throw out the uh, these obstacles. It's kind of like an army obstacle course minus twelve twelve obstacles. Yeah, minus the angry sergeant and allowing you to just have fun with it. Apparently people dress up a lot and like, there's a, there's and, a like, prize whatever. for best costume. Is there? Yeah. I don't need to be in a costume. It, it's going to be like at the beginning of the summer in Arizona yeah. outside, and you and I happen to be running at the hottest part of the time. Yeah, the day. fantastic. Yeah, right at great 4 choice for us. <laughs> so. We got there at the tail end at the least desirable times. We, but we get a half off coupon yeah. for 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 thirty more degrees. Save <laughs> so, save a dollar per degree. So apparently you get to you know run through mud and under barbed wire and jump over fire. My favorite, yes, the fire obstacle. I'm so looking forward the to that. The fire obstacle is so lame. You know why? Because well, it's, it's just one little strip of fire. Because it's just once. Yeah. yeah. If it was like ten leaps through fire, all successive, that would be interesting. You know what I want to do? If I, if I find out halfway or partway through that I'm not winning any awards. I just want to run back and forth, right? <laughs> because the last time I paid money for somebody to let me run some arbitrary course, right? It was, it was only like, like 22 miles. It was 40 bucks, and it was 22.1 miles. Yeah, and but they, let didn't, me, they didn't have to modify the land for that, you. Well, fair enough, but that was some value there, my friend. <laughs> well, uh, I wonder if any of our listeners are local and will be there. If you are, we'll, uh, then we'll be there. FYI, we're doing Sunday at... 
I'm, I think I'm 3.30 and you're 4 o'clock. I guess, probably, maybe. Um, if we can figure it out, we'll, we'll go at the same time. But, you know, technically we're slotted right next to each yeah. other instead of... You training? You better be training. I went running Because I'm night. training, so, so you should be training. Here's the thing. I'm perfectly capable of doing something like this. I've got the, the upper body strength, the lower body strength, all that. What I don't have is endurance. I'm like, I'm a sprinter. I'm a jumper. But I am not a long distance runner. And three and a half miles is not exactly long distance. Yeah. But I get winded, like, going around the block. So that's what I'm working yeah. on. I'm doing, I'm doing like, five-mile sessions. Like, you should do that, too. Dude, I went around my block twice. Yeah. I think twice. that's less than five miles. My wife thinks, yes, I think it's less than one mile. My wife thinks I have exercise-induced asthma, and I've never been diagnosed with any sort of exercise-induced asthma, asthma? Or, or allergy. But I can tell you, after running outside for a while, like, my something inside my esophagus or whatever it is that the air goes yeah. through uh, is definitely different. No, it doesn't bother me much. It's kind of an interesting feeling. Is it a side effect of laziness? Uh, it may very well be. I don't know. But I was never one of those kids who was all, you know, that the nerdy kids, like, yeah. they grow up and they're allergic to everything. Yeah. My wife's that way. Yeah. I, however, am not. Uh, but but when I go running outside, man, I get winded and can't breathe. It sucks. So. Yeah, you just got anyway, to build up. just got to build it up. Yeah. In the meantime, i got to spend the next month hoping my calves don't fall apart as I run around my Do some interval up. training. Yeah. Yeah. Tape up those calves. All right. All well. Right. Anyway, and I'll possibly play a lot of Doritos Crash Course to prepare for this. Okay. Well, I, at least you're not eating a lot of Doritos because that would be poor preparation. That's true. By the way, if you're uh, if you're on my friends list and you're playing Doritos Crash Course, then I am definitely ahead of you in at least 10 of the courses because I am number one in 10 of the 15 courses in my friends list. You, sir. Eat that. You, sir, very carefully select the games that you excel at. Right? <laughs> it's a good game. All right. So we got some letters. I think we did. Let's talk about some letters. Okay. Um, first one was, um, from this guy named Nick. So thanks Nick for, uh, sending us your letter. And he was, when we were talking about how used game market is perceived completely differently than let's say every other used market, right? So he wanted to put forth the idea that, well, you know, maybe, maybe like, maybe the reason why, like, for example, the used car market is not frowned upon than the used game market is because, well, cars last much longer, right? And, I mean, okay, that's one difference, obviously, right? But I, I think that there's a lot of, like, subtle things going on, right? I mean, for one, the uh, the manufacturers for the cars basically sell the used ones, too, right? In fact, they they sell you a, a new car with the expectation that eventually they're going to get it back and sell it as a used car later. Honestly, it's just because the manufacturers know that they can continue to sell the desirability of a new car. That's one thing. But here's I think that the a better reason though, a better a more more salient difference is that the problem is a a used car has actual physical diminished value because it has parts that wear out and wear, right? Versus a game Right, a used game, as long as it's good enough to function, is for all practical purposes just as good as a new one. It's relatively binary, which is funny. You said that a car lasts longer. I would argue that a video game lasts perhaps indefinitely. Well, sure, sure. Whereas a car, it's but but in terms of how many hours of use you're talking about, yeah, well, that's the practical use. Its desirability is easily minimized. Yeah, but uh, but a car, if 
as long as it works yeah. properly, you know, is desirable infinitely. Yeah. But you know what? You know what really gets my goat? Like this this comparison. I I really think that there's an unfair. Um, I'm not going to spend too much time on this because we kind of already covered it, right? But the, the the corporations, right? They have this attitude of of, of expectation or, in, or entitlement, or maybe it's not even that. It's just that, like, they look at the used game market as something that is sapping profits from them, and so thereby it's just as bad as if people were stealing from them, right? But then, and and. You have to look at that kind of thing in the context of what corporations, what other things corporations do in order to make more money, right? And he, some of the crazy things they do is like like Zynga, right? It's like, okay, Zynga's in like San Francisco or whatever, right? And they're making so much money that they they have enough clout and enough capital and enough just of that level of influence that they can start going and saying oh okay um they can start negotiating with the government to lower taxes just for them right so it's like corporations are required to work under to to operate under the 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 tent of legality as it were right but they actively try as much as they can and they're often very successful at changing the definition of what is legal in order to maximize their profits we were um you know, there was this little thing about how the creator of the Fairchild Channel F died, like yesterday. Very recently. Yeah. Very recently, right? And there, there's an interview. He he did an interview in um, shoot, what was it? In the Mercury News, San Jose Mercury News, uh, not too long ago. Excellent, excellent. What is it? A newspaper? Is it? Uh, magazine. Sure. Okay. Uh, but I'm sure it's phenomenal. I think it's a paper. Yeah. No, but it was it was a really really cool interview, right? And he was talking about how, for example, back then, right, like the FCC, like they had to test every single cartridge they produced because this was actually the first console out in 1976 that allowed you to change cartridges. You had cartridges. It's the whole thing. No one had ever done it before, right? And so this, in general, the whole hardware was such a new thing that there were all of these crazy FCC rules that they had to comply with, right? And so they had to go through all this extensive, crazy testing, putting shields on components, doing this and that to make sure that, like, everything was within spec, that radiation wasn't leaking from the wrong places, all this other stuff, right? Not, like, radioactive like that, but, you know, right? But here's the thing, right? They found out that, like, another company, like Atari or something, right, basically just negotiated with the government body and got them to relax their requirements. Well, that was good. Yeah. Good for them. Too bad they uh, they didn't. Have Too bad it. they didn't think to do that. Yeah. I guess, right? Now, when you said they had to uh, test all the cartridges, do you yeah. mean each cartridge produced or each yeah. game that was? Produced? No, literally every single copy, because this was such a novel thing. The FCC insisted that they had to physically test every single copy of every cartridge. Wow. Yeah. This is this is the amazing thing, right? Like that thing was also so new that they had to figure out a mechanical way to keep the transistors from exploding when you removed and attached cartridges. Because this was a non-trivial issue back then. Wow. I probably ruined that at some point. I, I ruined a couple 2600s yeah. uh, by, by doing something like disconnecting it from the TV or pulling out a cartridge at the wrong time. Did something where yeah. like it just, oh, machine's broken. doesn't work anymore. Right. And I don't remember what it was. Yeah. But I did it twice. But that guy, that guy was a badass. Jerry Lawson. Yeah, well, we'll talk was. a little more about him when we come back.
We'll be right back. to Chatterbox Video Game Radio. It's a number one. Woohoo! Okay, so we were talking about Nick's letter that was trying to touch on the difference between uh, used car sales and used game sales. We got on some weird tangent. I'm not quite sure how it's connected. Yeah, it's connected. Okay, have we made the connection yet? Yeah. Okay, so it's just lost on me. That's fine. All right. We we move forward on the show. Um, we do. We don't retreat. We don't have reverse. Gear. That's right. Only only forward gears on this okay. vehicle. Right. Well, then I will let you continue because I don't know what the hell we're doing with this. Well, let's move on and let's talk about the other letter we got. Okay. Yeah. This is going to be a very... I wasn't sure if you wanted to move on to, yeah. to this loss. No, we're yeah. going to interlace. We're going to interlace. Just okay. like this. Layers upon layers. Okay. All right. So so our friend Joe, you know Joe, of course. Yes. Yeah. He likes to Joe, send Joe, who still has not letters. sent me the photos necessary for me to ream out the Xbox Live guy. Yeah. yeah. Joe, that you better Joe. get on it. The All Joe right. that makes promises yeah. and doesn't follow through. That Joe. Yes. And and with, that, with, with promises that are not kept, you are like an elephant. I you guess. you never forget and you never forgive. Never forgets. Okay. Okay. So anyway, uh, Joe wanted to bring our attention to this this poll that happened to be on GameFAQs the other day, and the poll asks, how much trust do you put in mainstream video game reviews? So this is a very that interesting relevant, question to me. Relevant to our recent discussion. Yeah. And so it's a pretty big poll. There was about like fifty-seven thousand people voted, right? And Not enough. And so, yes, your standards are very high, I understand, so on. <laughs> and there's about five categories, right? And one of them's like, I put a lot, I'm going to, I'm going to abbreviate these for you all, okay? I'm going to, uh, I put a lot of trust, I put some trust, I put a little trust, it depends from game to game, I put not much, and I put none, right? Okay. So here's the fascinating part. Uh, I normally turn this into a mini quiz show, but I'll spare you the theatrics for now. The huge proportion of people, about half of them, 48%, said a little, it depends from game to game, right? Was that the middle one? The middle one, okay. right? And Joe Joe writes to me, and he's like, "This isn't this kind of weird? Isn't this strange? I mean, you know, I, I don't trust IGN more if they're, like, reviewing Heavenly Sword or less if they're reviewing Halo 3, right? And so I started thinking about it, and I'm like, you know what? I, I don't think that people are reading the question that way. Or reading the response that way, I think what they're doing is they're basically saying, well, I trust them when they agree with me, and I don't trust them when they don't agree with me. But if it's a review, presumably it's a game you're, you're looking for information you don't have, right? So it's right. a game I haven't played yet. Right. And so I'm reading the review, and, and I, there's no way to agree or disagree well, with Well, sure. That. But eventually, I, I mean, I think, I think eventually, especially for games people are really interested in, I mean, they end up playing the game, and they form an opinion. Right, and then they're either yes, they, you know, the reviewer agreed with me, and I didn't make a stupid choice, or the reviewer's an idiot, and I bought a crap game, and I'm out sixty bucks or whatever. Right, 
So that was like half the people, right? Everybody else the, 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 was was distributed fairly equally except for the a lot choice, right? So only about 3% said, I trust a lot, right? There's about 20, 23% said that I trust them some, right? And then about like 13% each for the other ones where they're saying they're either garbage or not much, right? Okay. So overall, this is saying like what I would predict to be true, which is that most people like don't really trust reviews. Yeah. Which is a bit ironic. Even beyond that, though, it's just because someone is, is asked when separated from a review, do you trust a review? I'm not sure that they can consciously actually uh, determine. Well, how sure. Much they trust and and it. in all fairness, the the way that the poll was worded, I mean, it's kind of vague, and I'm sure a lot of people interpreted it in different ways. Okay. Right. And and you always get those kinds of biases whenever whenever polls come out based on like the exact words that are used in the poll. But it's interesting. I mean, it does uh, prove that we we are um, distrustful, generally speaking. Which is which is ironic. Because of how much stock is actually put into – it's funny because it's like nobody says – who are these people who says that, like, reviews are really important, right? Like, lots more people are constantly saying that reviews are not important, right, Well, the, than people who say that they are. And I'm wondering where these people are because, like, I, I really, like, I don't know where they are. You know, this begs a more interesting question, though. What other method could a, a publisher use – to determine the quality of a game. That that's that's why I think that's a very very good and subtle question because that's why I think that the thing, things like the Metacritic are insanely popular with publishers because there's no good metric. Sales, right? Like if if you want to devise a metric that measures how good a game is, right? Like what do you have? You have sales, you have Reviews and you have Metacritic, which is just an aggregate of reviews. Well, right? here's where what, they, what else do you have? What else is that? They could embrace the people buying used games and have some sort of number relating to the amount of uh, sales, you know, the ratio of sales versus trade in within a certain well, amount of time. Fair enough, and that might be very useful, right? But that still would change from genre to genre. That that would, and also like that metric needs to be computed, whereas all these other metrics we have. Right, and and I think maybe this is even why even Metacritic is even more popular, right? Because it's it is the most, whether you like it or not, and almost everybody hates it, except for if they get really good aggregate review scores. It is the most available metric for measuring the quality of the game, however insanely stupid and bad it is. I, for the record, do not have this grand disagreement with Metacritic. Okay, have. well that's fair enough. I use Metacritic personally. Yeah, well, very rarely, but I do. Go ahead, use it. All you want. But, I mean, it's going to give me... What, the thing is, like, even if there's someone who's giving a bad review of it, and by bad, I, I don't mean negative, I mean uh, not truthful. Okay. So someone's giving this this not truthful review, chances are there's someone else giving a not truthful review in perhaps the opposite direction. Well, sure. And so, uh, overall, it's just a, a measurement of the group, and I think that the, the false ones will... You know, be evened out well, there by is, each other and, and by the other, the others, other real ones. There is a certain degree of truth in the wisdom of the masses. I think some old Greek philosopher said something like that. But at the same time, right? I mean, when I use when I like, I will yes, I will look at something on Metacritic, right? 
But what I do is after I look at the number, then I look at like the best reviews and then I look at the worst reviews and I actually read them, right? But corporations have no time for such chicanery. And so they, for them to operate in an efficient way, they need to actually metrics, metricize things and reduce things to a number. And on, on, on the micro level, on the individual level, it's meaningless. On the macro level, it starts to take some form. So I don't know. Yeah, and which that's why I'm saying I'm not so opposed to it as you are. Sure. So. I'm opposed to it because I am pro-human and anti-machine. So you can go and you can sit in that little Borg spacecraft of yours and fly around and shoot uh, and shoot lasers and destroy starships, but I sir will be living among the humans. Okay. In a land without ratings. Good, then you won't know what to get. I guess. All right, so let's move on, shall we? You wanted to what? talk about Jerry, Jerry Lewis, Jerry Lawson. Yeah, yeah, we touched on that, so let's go back to that for a bit. So where did he start? He he was one of like the original Silicon Valley, we make computers in garage kind of guy, right? Yeah, this was another funny thing from this interview in the Mercury News is uh, he he talks about how he interviewed or he met uh, Steve Jobs and Wozniak. He actually interviewed Wozniak for a position at the company he was at at the time, and he he remembers being particularly unimpressed by both of them. <laughs> That's funny. Right. And he characterized Steve Jobs as a spark plug, which is probably the nicest characterization he could ever get. I am not sure I understand what that means. He's a spark plug. Like, he doesn't do the Someone work. Starts... He just lights fires under people to get things done. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Yeah. I He's... mean, I'm not, I don't know Jobs very well. Well, I don't, I we don't, don't either. We don't go way back. But, well, Yeah. All right. Apparently, he's a fan. He, he has a Mercedes, and he's a fan of parking it in uh, handicap spots. <laughs> Jobs? Yeah. Fancy that. You know, if I owned the company, I might be too. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's fair enough. These are the handicap slash uh, Jobs. Yeah. Spots. Yeah. His cars don't have license plates either. That's like a California phenomenon. I could never understand. What? Drive around in California, like you'll see all kinds of cars without license plates. Who's got the license plates? All these people. Not all these people. Right? And it's like no one cares. I have not come across that consciously. Yeah. Next okay. time you're in L.A., especially L.A., right, try to then just be aware of the uh, the amount of cars that don't have license plates. You'll be a little shocked. All right. I don't know what's going on there. All right. So Jerry Lawson. Yeah. So this He started thing, making computers a long time ago, and then he worked on the Fairchild Channel app, which yeah, he, I've never played. But. Yeah. He was, I have one at my parents' house out in Maryland. But... This thing is like one of. Was this before, after Atari? Did it run in the? This same is like a year. Bef- this is like a year before the 2600. Before. Before, yes. This is like an absolute, like top-notch innovation machine here. Okay. This was like the first console that actually used cartridges. They had a controller that I can't even. How can I even describe this to you? This was like this is like years beyond. Like if this controller came out now, it would be innovative. Okay. That's how many light years they were ahead of everyone else, right? Was this it controller, like the ColecoVision where it had a big number pad on it? No, 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 nothing like that. Like, okay, so I'm, I'm going to gesture to you, but then also for folks who um, can't see through the radio, I will also describe words. Um, so there's like this stick-shaped thing that you, uh, kind of like the move, like you put your, your hand around, right? Yeah. So I'm, I'm gripping it like I'm gripping the move, right? And on top is this joystick, right? But it's this joystick where you can do, like, all kinds of things with it. It has, like, an insane amount of degrees of freedom, right? So you can 
turn it left and right. You need to use your other hand because that's just how big it is, right? So you can turn it left and right like a knob, right? You can move it right up, down, left, right like a joystick, and you can also pull it up and push it down. What? Totally, dude. The Fairchild had this? Absolutely. Show me this picture. Do we have a picture? There's no good picture of it. I'll be looking that up now. You, it had you control totally is that advanced. The, yes. Isn't that insane? It had three axes of digital movement. Yeah. Totally awesome. Up, down, left, right, forward, backward. 1976, brother. And then, But was the whole joystick also an analog stick? No, that's all it did. So it just, you held a stick, but then the action was on top of the stick. Right. Well, the, well, the thing that you held, like the the actual joystick, was like something that sat in this plastic container, right? So it, it seemed like it was basically like it was, it was sitting inside like this this outer casing. That is very weird. It's to, you it's have one to, of these. It's totally radical. And, somewhere, my parents it, probably threw them away. And it uh, it allowed for two different controllers simultaneously. Like you could plug they two have, in, or were they? Well, they're not playing geometry. Were they permanently connected? I I think it had two. I'm not sure. I'm not certain of that. And I don't know what was permanently collected, connected or not connected. Man, that controller looks weird. Yeah, it allows two. I don't know if they're permanently connected or not. There you go. Wow. Anyway. All right, we're going to break. We'll be right back, folks. back once again that's right you're listening to chatterbox video game radio have we talked about video games this week this week a little bit this so i looked up some photos this fair child channel yeah your mind your mind is like in another planet right now i mean they're old photos they're not high resolution i can't really see what's going on but i can definitely see something weird is going on yeah (laughs) something weird's going on yeah yeah i mean there were some real games that came out for this thing right yes it had real games like uh, pong it was actually also it was actually the one of the first um, systems where that had games where it was actually challenging because most of the games up till now, right, were not actually one player games. They were only designed to be two player games like Pong or Computer Space. Mm-hmm. They did the computers were not powerful enough to give one player a challenge. And so the first child that was it did okay. it. it did the twenty six hundred was a, a jump right it was better. Well, the controller wasn't better. That's, well, that's true. That is a mystery that no one knows. I'm guessing that this Fairchild controller uh, didn't last very long. That was one thing I didn't like about the Atari controllers. Yeah. That uh, that rubber shielding around the plastic stick would always come off. It would come yeah. unglued or unstuck or whatever. Yeah. Didn't like that. Um, yeah, so I don't know. But, but my favorite, let me tell you my favorite quote for Jerry Lawson, right? So... In, in this Mercury News article, he says, I'm one of the guys, if you tell me I can't do something, I'll turn around and do it. Yeah. Hey, hey, Alon. Yes? I bet you you can't uh, let your head on fire and um, smash your head against the wall 14 times. You know what? I what? bet that I could. Yeah? But I don't need to find out. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're not one of those guys then. I must not be. I must not be. <laughs> This uh this thing is cool. I the controller anyway, but also I think the controllers are hardwired in. They and, they very well uh, maybe. Yeah, that should never happen. Yeah. The Famicom did that too, man. Yeah. 
That's bad. This is nineteen seventy six, man. This is this is like they will never need to remove a controller. Well, no they matter never thought what. you'd have to remove a cartridge either, right? Right. Well, no, they, that that's that was the innovation. You can remove a cartridge. Yeah. You can only go one step at a time here, man. Wow. All right. I actually have some announcements to make. I have some announcements before we run out too much of road Wait a minute. going ahead the, of us. The Magnavox Odyssey came out in 1972. That yeah. didn't have removable things? Oh, it did, but he, said, but he said they were lame. Oh, oh, it had them, but they were lame? Yeah. I don't understand the difference. I don't know either. Maybe a video game historian can correct us. 1972. Yeah. He said the Odyssey sucked. Well, the Odyssey 2 was was fairly popular. Yeah, but that was later. That was much later. I yeah. think that was after. I think it was way after 76. I had that thing. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Okay. All right. Announcements. One completely late and uh, two not late at all. Okay. So last week was Video Games Live. Yes, it was. If you were hoping to go to that, you missed it. <laughs> in Phoenix. <laughs> I'm sure they'll be somewhere else. In, in Mesa, in... technically. Um, yeah, so, but it came here. We didn't go. So Corey from fun. Golgatron went. Yeah. Yeah. Was he was he dazzled? Any reports? Well, he, he and Molly. Uh, you know Molly. She's, yeah. Our listeners know Molly. Yeah. Uh, they actually both went yeah. to that concert. Any reports? No, Lame, not at all. Cool. Nothing. I'm sure it was cool. We've both been ourselves. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool show. Yeah. So. Wait until next year if you missed that. A few things that you didn't miss. If you're if you're local to Phoenix, the Independent Game Developers Association, otherwise known as IGDA, is having their regular monthly meeting. I've at, heard of uh, it called IGDA. Yes, IGDA. Okay. Or IGDA. Or IDGA, but no, that would be what, a different What is so right? special about the fact that they're having a monthly meeting, especially so, if it's monthly? So it's cool because you can meet game developers. You can meet people who um, want to be game developers. But these are only independent game developers. And, yes. Well, I'm going. So you're going to be there, but you're not an independent game developer. So. Or am I? Oh. I anyway, know. you can go whether you're independent or restrained in some manner. Speaking of independent game development, did you know that apparently Cave Story 3D is going to be some some big game on the 3DS? Yeah. Yeah, that's our buddy, man. Yeah. We've had him on the show talking about Cave Story for the Wii. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we can get him on and talk yeah. about that. So. I assume he was involved in the 3DS version. You are correct in that assumption. Okay. So you may be wondering, where is this meeting, right? So tomorrow night, Wednesday, that's like what, the 13th? That better yes. be the 13th. Okay. Wednesday the 13th, there's this bar called Rosie McCaffrey's... On 7th Street and Camelback, around there. And it's from 7 to 9. So if you want to mingle with some game developers, you can... Uh, I will be showing my game there. So, the last game I made. Okay. The dude's game. Yes. You ha- have you even played that yet? You played that yeah. once. Yeah, you played it once. Okay. I went to your very You home. totally did. You totally did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and there's also an Applebee's nearby. So you can't can't really go wrong. And, unless you actually go to Applebee's. Right. And then that would be very wrong. Yeah. The second announcement is that there's a Saturday, April 30th. Did you? I didn't even know this was happening. This is the day before our Warrior Dash. This is true. Um, and so I probably won't be going to this because we'll be preparing and meditating and doing all kinds of um, unmentionables. Um, apparently, Ted, you know Ted. Yes. The Ted conference or whatever. There's this like there's this like uh, like remote uh, endeavor called TEDx. Yes, that's not that remote. A lot of people have heard of TEDx. Okay, so TEDx, ASU West, is 
going on on the 30th, and there's apparently there's going to be a bunch of game developers there talking about some games. Do you know what happened this past weekend at ASU? Absolutely not. What happened? Stephen Hawking, dude. Stephen Hawking? Stephen Hawking was at ASU. You're kidding me. Suppose it ta- they said he was there to talk about something, but yeah. I don't think he was talking. <laughs> I think I think he was talking very well. Thank you. But uh, but Stephen Hawking was at ASU this weekend. That's I, fantastic. I didn't get to go. I was busy doing some law school. I would I would love. I, I mean, like I, I'm sure like you wouldn't even get to meet him even if you saw his lecture. Well, he was on stage. Yeah. Talking through his computer. Yeah. But uh, that's but, totally yeah. awesome. Did he I tell here. you? Did I tell you about? I I make fun of the voice, not to mock him because I have great respect for him. But to mock, um, I had a TA in like one of my computer science classes who was Chinese, and he must have learned English through the Stephen Hawking voice, the computer through, through voice. Through speaking spell? Yes, because because he talked like this every time. He's like, okay, and now it's time to turn in your homework. And <laughs> I mean, it was so uncanny. Like the first like few classes, I had to like cover my mouth to keep myself from cracking up. I'm like, there's a human who speaks like this. It's real. Yeah, he's, he's the one who who creates the text to speech voice for Microsoft. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, unbelievable. Sorry. Anyway, so if you, I missed Stephen Hawking. Everyone who wanted to see him, who didn't, missed him too. But you can go to TEDx April thirtieth. Guess this you got has to do with video games. You got to buy tickets. It's not just to do with video games, but there just incidentally happens to be some speakers who will be speaking about video games. Okay. So, including our friend Kyle Pulver, you know, you know Kyle. Yeah, he was on the show. Yeah. So you should totally go and attend that because that's awesome too. Okay. So uh, we got what two minutes left? We got plenty of stuff. So there's a Streets of Rage thing. Yeah, let's talk about that. Okay. I saw the headline for this. I don't really know the details behind it, but I guess someone was remaking it. Was it? There's an official remake. Oh no, 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 not at all. This was a fan remake project, the old Genesis game, Streets of Rage. All the rage. It seems to be all the rage, and and really, it is it is the stupidest rage because, no pun intended, because if you are making something as a independent and or fan endeavor, and you're using existing IP that you don't own or the rights to, then you are setting yourself up for a big world of pain. Just like these guys. No. It, you know why? It's because they're so impatient. All you have to do is finish the thing before you announce it and make it available, and then there's no problem. It's when you start you know, running your mouth, telling people that you're half-finished and showing them how cool it looks when you're half-finished. Well, then they say, shut it down, don't work on it, and well, you're here's liable what happened, if you release though. it. So you just keep your mouth shut. Yeah. Well, no, here's what happened. Is that they, they were working on this thing for eight years. Eight years, a complete re-implementation from the bottom up, like no source code, no nothing. They just looked at the game for reference and just remade it, right? And so like demos and all these betas and were floating around, and they just announced it. They're like, okay, after eight years, we are going to release the game. And then the next day, Sega's like, no, you're not. So all they have to do is change the name of it. Well, God knows Sega and every other game company has done that in the They probably have to change a lot of graphics, too, because it's, it's very, very similar. But anyway, the point is, right, like, you can make the same kind of game, just don't make it so similar, and then you won't have your eight years of your life pulled out from under you. <laughs> Hopefully they'll still release it. Well, we'll see what happens. Kind of like what happened to Geohot. Maybe we should talk about that next week. Uh, Geohot. He caved. Yeah. This is a big deal. Yeah, all right. We'll talk about it. The big thing is that he said, you know what? I'm never buying another Sony product ever again. He's boycotting that. It's 
Got to get back somehow. Anyway, we'll be back next week. Next week. Thank you for listening. Good night, guys. You've been listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio. Tune in next week for more tips and info and the latest and greatest in video gaming. And remember, all your base are belong to us.